Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. An invitation for you, and if you're a regular listener, you've heard me share this before, but there is a big afterlife conference coming this September 15th through 17th, 2017 in Scottsdale, Arizona, that I want to invite you to. Uh, There's top, uh, most of the top uh, speakers in the world on afterlife, on afterlife communication. It's the doctors, the scientists, the lay people talking about not only the proof of the afterlife, but how we can communicate what's happening on the planet right now, communications between our world and the hereafter. And then also some talk about grief and preparing for the end of life because I know our bodies will disappear even though we go on and there's some preparations that need to happen for that so it's a really great thing it'll be September 15th through 17th Scottsdale Arizona USA and you can go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more or to register and even if you can't attend I certainly understand but there's some really great things happening with people and if you go to the website there's a list of all the people speaking what they're doing and links to follow up uh, with them because you might be interested in in learning some new things. So as we all know, um, grief is inevitable. We're all going to lose someone someday. And of course, we experience it in so many ways, whether it's literally the the death of a loved one, but it could also be from a divorce, the loss of a job, some catastrophe, and so many other things. And I know personally, we carry its wounds for many years, and it really can burden, or, or its burden can affect our health, it can affect our relationships, and really our entire life. So our guest today knows grief, but also has some insights about life after death. So he's an author, a grief coach, and a Reiki master teacher. His name is Robert Matuzak, who has four decades of working in the field of human development and grief recovery. He's the author of the book, Grief, The Mind's Final Frontier, and offers time-tested and effective ways to alleviate the pain and suffering from grief. His new book, coming out later this year, is called A Man's Grief Toolbox, My Mourn Oh, I have this title wrong, From Loss to Peace. Well, he'll clarify that for me. Robert is passionate in helping people reclaim their lives and happiness by resolving the stresses of grief on mind, body, heart, and soul. Robert Matuzak, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. And I didn't even think to ask, am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, you are. Okay, great. And what is the title of the book you're working on right now? Well, I finished the book, Grief, the Mind's Final Frontier, uh, your GPS for relieving grief. Actually, uh, I started writing a book, and I'm going to uh, write on the misconceptions of grief. There is a lot of myths and uh, half-truths and things there that I feel are preventing people from moving through their grief and you know, and living in wellness instead of the pain and suffering from that particular loss or losses. Yeah, um, correct. And also working on, I'll be working on a workbook, too, for my book. So, but I'm taking some time off during the summer here and uh, to recharge my batteries before I start uh, working on them. Yeah, that's okay. I had written down, I had done a little snooping on you on the internet, so I had written down that other title that I knew you were working on something, and then I didn't. Write that was down. that was an old working title yeah. of, of the brief book. So okay, well then but, we'll just uh, pretend I didn't say it. We'll talk more about it. So <laughs> you're coming to us from uh, Ohio, is that right? Here in no, the... I'm here in Wisconsin. Oh, you're in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I'm in a suburb just uh, west of Milwaukee. Okay. I got all my details wrong, but at least I know who I'm talking to. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, Let's start with you. How in the world did you get into this kind of a, a subject? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your past and, um, yeah, and how you how you got to the, into the present here with this title of grief. And then, obviously, we'll shed some light on your beliefs about life after death. I had, um, and looking back, I'm uh, playing Monday morning quarterback. 
uh, it really started back just before I was graduating from college. I was I'd finished uh, my four years in Army ROTC, and I had half a semester to go to graduate. And what happened was is that my Army ROTC instructor uh, was stationed in Vietnam. He was an advisor there, and he was killed in action. His death devastated me. I had no idea how to handle that. And, I mean, it was I was in shock and numbness, and we couldn't get any information. What happened was is that I did I decided I have to stuff this. I, I don't know how to deal with this thing. About two, three years later, a male classmate of mine committed suicide. Wow. Caught me off, you know, picked me off base and, again, did not know how to deal with it. I didn't have any tools over there to help me through the grieving process. So I carried those two wounds for four decades. And uh, I, the only time I started to address it was when I was writing my book. Um, and in the meantime, since that time, I lost my wife to breast cancer. And 10 months after that, uh, my job was downsized where I was working. So and then I had a series of other types. I had in all 10 major grief events that uh, you know caused me loss. And I had to find a way to heal them. And what happened was the loss of my wife was so strong um, that... I felt like I was wandering the desert of grief there for 20-some years until I found a way to heal that. And I was actually you know, doing it, uh, doing some Reiki on somebody and took them through their process. And, and I looked back afterwards and I said, I think I can use this on myself. So I started applying that same process. I call it the grief processing system and was able to finally achieve the closure that I was looking for and restoring the peace of mind, body, heart, and soul. Um, so this is something there that uh, I, I still incurred some other losses, and the last one was a business bankruptcy in 2008 where it got me thinking, okay, what are you going to do now? My background was in human resources, uh, in healthcare, but I decided, you know, I, I wanted to do something beyond that. I, I wanted to find my own business. And that's exactly what I did. I, I was doing it all this time, experiencing all these losses to come to this point now where, you know, I'm doing uh, grief and life coaching you know, for businesses, groups, and individuals uh, through wellness programs. Because I found that one of the things there in, with wellness, the component to heal grief is really not very evident. Um, and what got me interested in it is I was at a uh, wellness fair at the University of Wisconsin uh, uh, three years ago, and I looked, looked at all the things that were going on, and everyone seemed to be enjoying themselves, and I thought, well, where's grief? How do we heal this? You know, it's not there. And I decided that's got to be my component in my wellness program, and I started to move in that direction to incorporate that so because I, I feel that, you know, my process works. Cause it work, if I figure if it worked on me, it can work on anybody else. So it's something there that uh, I feel is a very important component of healing because what happens is, is during the process there of going through closure is that you disconnect from the emotional charges that are connected with that event because the grief event is like anything else. It's an event. You know, birth is an event, uh, you know, baseball games an event, whatever it might be, and there is emotion. There are emotions that are connected to that. Well, the grief remains very strong. It does dissipate over time, but as I found out, you know, as I mentioned earlier about the two losses, uh, the military loss and the suicide, it's still there. And until I addressed it when I was writing my book. I was unable to achieve the closure on that, and it weighed on me in so many different ways. In fact, I was watching how some people were, were grieving loss and how quickly they could move through it, and I felt, you know, I'm still 
dragging this thing? Why is it taking so long? It was because I was carrying old wounds that needed to be healed. So once I was able to do that, I've noticed now that I can move through a particular loss much quicker and get back, you know, up to speed and and have that uh, peace of mind that, you know, I was searching for. So this is a, uh, a very important component there is to move through that grief in emotional charge or hooks or whatever you want to call it, release those, and then begin to embrace your life. And a lot of times it's going to be life-changing because I didn't realize it at the time when I lost my wife because I remember saying to myself when, when I got the, the message at 2.30 in the morning that she had passed away uh, in the hospital that I said, you know, my hopes, dreams, and wishes all died. Mm-hmm. And like, what am I going to do now? And where am I going? And, you know, it became a journey for me. It was an arduous journey, but I did eventually come to that point where I was able to reach that closure. So getting that and releasing it opened me up to new opportunities and uh, experiences in my life that had I not released that, I, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. Yeah, I tell you, had I not gone through what I did with my dad's death and learning about grief, there's no way I'd be here talking to you. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just ask how long ago it was that uh, you lost your wife? My wife passed away in uh, January 31st, 1984. Okay. And ha- have you, just curious, do you have any thoughts? Before we, we are going to talk more about grief, but do you have any thoughts about the afterlife or um, anything that's happened to you that gives you a good sense that life after death is real? Well, let's say that death really rocked my boat. Uh, you bet. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would have to say that, because uh, I, I use the, the term in my book there that uh, about, uh, you know, the storms of grief there, you know, knocked my boat over, and I was listing in, in that uh, sea of grief. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, I, I was questioning everything. I, I didn't know what to believe in, and I had a moment there, I remember this very distinctly. I was in the kitchen, and I, I was working on something, and I, I think I knocked something to the floor. So I went to pick it up, and all of a sudden I heard Robert, and I just stopped. I said, oh, my goodness, I know that voice. And I realized it was my late wife, Carolyn. Wow. And it was as clear as can be, I and then I noticed that it was like, holy cow, you know, there, this, this thing confirmed. And, it, and like everything else that was, I had doubts and fears about just kind of left because I said this is something that I really needed to have validation about. You know, is there really life after death? And I got it through with that experience. So, uh, and I, I've talked to other people about you know life, their life after death experiences too, and helping them to validate their experiences. So, yeah, that was a oh, that was like the um, you know the, the turning point as far as validating a life after death because I've studied that I uh, my late wife and I studied the Edgar Casey readings um, oh, for a number of years, and we had small group work you know in our home. For for a number of years too, and he talks about life after death and reincarnation. And you know, I began. Uh, I know that that's something there that I believe in because it, it made life made more sense. Mm-hmm. I was not raised. I was raised Catholic, and life after death and reincarnation was never even brought up. So for me, it was I couldn't understand. You know, one-shot deal here, I don't know, how is that decision made? How does God do that? Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when I got introduced, my late wife introduced me to the concept of reincarnation, and, my, and when she explained it to me, and I says, now life makes sense. That's what came out of my mouth. Finally, it, it was like this huge burden was lifted off my shoulders, and I was able then to kind of move into further study of it and also, um, you know, deeper spiritual truths as a result. 
Yeah, there, so. there is something. That, thank you for sharing that story. You know, for each one of us personally, um, I, I think believing in life after death doesn't solve the question of grief, but it definitely helps uh, to have like your own personal experience that um, that you feel your loved one is still with you. And um, it, it's comforting, and I do know from a little bit of my research and even my personal experience that it, like you said, it just helps you get back on track with life. Uh, and so if we can deliver not only a reassurance that this life isn't all there is, you know, and we get to see our loved ones again, and and then add to it with um, your information on grief and really helping people, you know, really gives the possibility of transforming and becoming a almost a whole new you, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, you want to talk some about grief now, and um, maybe some of the what you know about it, and um, anything that might help comfort us today, because there's. No doubt in my mind that there's many listeners right now that are deep in the throes of grief, and uh, it really can seem that we'll never come out of it. You know, we hit our all-time lows in pain and suffering. Oh yes, I, <laughs> I, I've been down that road too. You know, too many, many times. times. There. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, something there that uh, it took me a while to have that component of life as really something there that it's there and recognize it and then, you know, deal with it effectively. Um, I've, uh, even back in my business career when I was in human resources, I was always concerned about how people deal with certain issues that affect their uh, performance at work. Uh, of course, grief was one of them. But as, uh, as I move forward through my own experiences and then come to writing the book and publishing it, I found out that grief is a tremendous stress. Excuse me on the uh, the individual. The first of all, it comes sometimes without notice, and even I, I remember my wife passed away, I, I saw her in declining health, but there was always a part of me saying, she's going to make it through, you know, everything's going to be okay. And then, you know, I got that phone call there. I was just crushed. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know, I reeled from that thing. And, and then I had to go do the toughest thing in my life at that particular time was go tell my two stepsons that their mother had just passed away. And and I was, you know, that was just, ooh. Hard to do. Ooh, mm-hmm. feel that yet? Yeah. Um, but because the, I, I look at us, you know, as in life we're, we're progressing on life's journey, and then all of a sudden a grief event happens. It could be a, a wide range of different things. It isn't necessarily, you know, the death of somebody, but it can be something there where uh, you know, loss of a job, you know, a fire catastrophe. Uh, I even put in sexual abuse because I went through that myself and I know what it is to experience that type of a loss. So you're down in, in, in the valley of the grief and it's how do you get out of this thing and how do you uh, resume a so-called normal life again and the stress that we carry from that, you know, we, can, we usually internalize it. I mean, they're to at least to some degree and I found that I internalized my first two losses and the losses I was talking about in Vietnam and the suicide. Those were the first two losses outside of family. I mean, I came from a large Polish family that weddings and funerals, you know, bound. So get used to that. But then here were two people that were, you know, very important to me in my life. uh, And then they're gone. And I don't know how to deal with that. And I stuffed my feelings because back then... That's what we, what the men did. Yes. So <laughs> I carried that thing, and 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 I, when I was writing that chapter, I took a look. I said, "What was the effect of that suppressed grief on you?" And I have a laundry list of stuff there. Mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, sometimes restless sleep, uh, I had GERD, um, a lot of uh, self-doubts at times, uh, and sometimes impetuous decisions uh, that afterwards, I went, How, why did you do that? You know, and other things too. And once I then was able to finally clear that, then I've noticed that how much more peaceful my my being was, and you know the peace of mind that I was searching for for decades there finally came, and I was able to look at life differently. I'm planning my life as where I'm going and what I'm supposed to do, and I realized you know I really felt that I was put on earth earth here to help people through their grief to coach them through it to so that they can go and, and move to that level of uh, excellence or, or some say genius and, you know, and do what they're supposed to do here on, on our earth and help, you know, the rest of mankind. And this is what I want to do and I am doing it. Yeah. And I, and I know it, it takes sometimes hitting rock bottom and, and despair and all that many, many, many different things that you've had, had, lost and you've had grief over but that's what makes you the best teacher because you've been there and and you know that there's a a way through it Mm -hmm. Um, so i'd much rather uh listen to you than you know somebody who's just i don't know lost something and uh all of a sudden has got the next scheme on I can help you you know I mean I, I want to hear somebody that's been there before like really been there yeah, yeah. and and the other reason too is I just you know, being a businessman too is you know I looked at the research there about the cost of stress to businesses the mm-hmm. World Health Organization in 2011 did a report and and this is just for the United States that annually over 300 billion, that's a B in billion, is lost to stress annually. And I'm going, well, what chunk of that is, you know, grief? Yes, exactly. Estimates of grief are about $75 billion. I think it's much more than that. Sure it is. Because it's, you know, there, there's a lot of it that it, it's manifested through, you know, not your optimal performance. I mean, you, you, we'll get the job done, but it's it's not in a way that if we were operating, you know, our, truly at our optimum, there'd be miracles all over the place. I think. Yeah. You know? So it's it's something there is that what's it costing you to hold on to that grief? You know, and and you know, are, do you really want to be in the pain and sorrow around that event, or would you rather be in the joy and peace of mind? that you really are seeking. Um, and, and so that's one of my focuses to help people take him from the pain and suffering and, 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 you know, and sharing with them. Yeah, I know what that's like because I've been through it. And the things that you mentioned, you know, despair and, and loneliness and, and other things there that uh, weigh heavily on us in such a way that we, you know, we need to release so that we can move into you know, the optimal performance of living life the way it was intended to be and to be uh, a contributor to society and also to our family, you know, to be able to, you know, relate to them in a very uh, wholesome and loving way. Um, so that, that's important to me, too. I know family's always been important to me, so it's something there that I want to others to have those positive experience too yeah well i'm i'm sitting here on my couch and my eyes are filling with tears because i realize you know i it's not only a death of a loved one that causes grief it's loss of uh, many well many things but you know you have a divorce and it just hit me you know loss of relationships when my dad died. Uh, I'm one of many people that uh, had arguments with my siblings, and not that we meant to, um, but we lost. Uh, you know, I have a brother and sister that are, have been out of communication with me in the last seven years since uh, dad's gone, and uh, so it it feels as if there's still a open wound there because they're still mm-hmm. they're still alive. It's one thing when somebody dies and they're gone. Um, 
you know, and some people don't, <laughs> you know, sometimes we die inside, you know, and, and uh, we can't continue living and we don't or we leave, live these shut-in lives. Um, but I'm just really interested that, that there's hope because, you know, I'm just as human as anybody and I do the best I can. And, you know, 99% of these conversations, I mean, I'm, I'm right in them. I'm, I'm looking for information for myself and my life too. So where, mm-hmm. where do we start? here for, uh, in healing i mean what do, what do we need to know that can help us um like how how do you even coach people from where they are in the deep grief to giving them hope that there's there's another side to it what i found is that uh i usually work with people who've had about six months of experience with the loss and sometimes in, and especially with people who've you know, had years of it where they're they're not satisfied with their life. They 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 complain about you know the loss of somebody, and you know their their life doesn't have meaning anymore. So I do an assessment. In fact, uh, my whole first session of coaching is an assessment of where they are. You know, it's an uh, adult stress life test, and it's. Uh, gives me the information, you know, as their own experiences and then identify which ones are, you know, squeaky wheels, as they would say. Um, it, it could be, it could, in fact, I've already, you know, had people go back to their childhood where they were bullied. And that, you know, they had that wound, they never healed it, and it still impacted them to the present day. Yes them to address that, you know, and heal that, um, and then go on and moving to other uh, areas of, of loss. It, I mean, you know, it, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned about what my business uh, addresses, and it's the stress that can be caused by, you know, work-related stress, you know, burnout, exhaustion, of course, deaths of loved ones, uh, people in the military, um, you mentioned earlier divorce and relationship breakup, um, you know, catastrophes, suicide, PTSD. I went through PTSD. I didn't even know I was going through PTSD. I had a, I was talking to a friend who was in Vietnam, and when I was describing what I was going through with the loss of, um, uh, his name was Major Jackemeyer, he had, uh, he told me, he says, it sounds like you went through PTSD. And I tell you, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I had no idea about that. Then I realized, yeah, I went the same thing with my life. My wife passed away. Yes. You know, my dad, the same thing. I, you know, I was, I was traumatized by these losses. So I really, it was, I was like knocked down to my knees. I felt like I knocked down on my back and, you know, I had to pick myself up by my bootstraps, as they say, and, and, and start moving again. It was, it was, those were really hard. Yeah, many so people, help- Robert, and I know you, you probably know this figure, um, but our servicemen and women in the United States, there's a statistic of, I think it's 22 suicides a day um, from people that have left the military. And I can't help but think, it's not, and it's not just people that were, on the battlegrounds, you know, um, it, and I, I think a lot of it, PTSD, yes, but grief as well. And what you're doing is so important because if we can educate people beforehand and during, uh, I think, I know lives can be saved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, the funny thing is, is that I I, I took a grief uh, coaching course, and uh, through the Grief Coach Academy, it was founded by Aurora Winter in uh, Los Angeles, and she she had her own personal loss. She lost her husband very suddenly to a uh, I guess there was some kind of a virus and some sh- uh, shellfish that he ate. He was he was dead within 24 hours. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so quickly. So when I was started out in the program there, one of the things I had to address was that suicide loss. And I'd taken it about as far as I could go. I, I couldn't, you know, there, there's 
something was lacking. I, I couldn't find my peace over this thing. And she had a process there uh, called the Peace Method. It's an acronym, you know, for the steps in the process that helped me through. So I've, you know, incorporated that in my work along with some of my own experiences to help people to be able to move through this uh, healing and move through it safely, but also quickly. Um, because there's a lot of fear about people, oh, I'm going to have to go back and relive all that pain and suffering again. So instead of them saying, okay, let's do it, you know, they they put up their wall, close the door, you know, run away. And it's what I found is, is that, you know, this is, it's almost like, uh, use this example, I guess, uh, it's like a, a little symbol of water, and you pour that into Lake Michigan. And, you know, there's a, that's, that's 850 miles deep. Mm-hmm. So the process is not an extended thing that you're going to relive the, you know, the day-by-day pain and suffering. You, you will ex- maybe what I call touch it. And then you're a- able to move to the next step where you can start the process of reconciling it and healing it and then releasing it and getting that closure that you're seeking. Is so. there something you could give us in this conversation today that could give us a little bit of um, maybe taking a step on that path, give us some relief, give us some understanding? I mean, I'm certain that there's people that this resonates with that will follow up with you and perhaps get your book, and I want to find out more about that. But is there anything, if we're in it right now, uh, and it could be the peace method or something that you could just help us right now through with your words? I, I would say the, the very first thing is that you have to accept the loss, uh, wh- whether it's you know death of somebody, you lost a job, whatever. It's because that, until you do that, you cannot begin the healing process. Uh, and it's amazing that I, I've seen this with... Uh, I was part of a men's uh, grief group for a while, and and I've seen that some men who had lost their spouses, I mean, they were married, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, and yet they they still had this feeling like, you know, she's just away. Yeah. And even though, you know, they were there at the graveyard, you know, watch the casket go down, it, it, it's... and. This is something that once you say, okay, I accept this loss and now I want to, you know, heal and, and have the desire to heal that loss, uh, you know, the strength and the will to do that is very strong in all of us. And this is, it can overcome the fear of death, of your own death, of, of grieving, whatever it might be, we're strong enough as human beings with our own willpower to move through whatever we need to do. Um, I just got the flashback of where, you know, there was a car accident and there, uh, and the woman rushes over to this car and she just picks it up and they remove the, you know, the child that was underneath it. Just yeah. because, you know, she was there in the moment, she had that strength. We all have that particular strength. We don't need it to heal grief, but we need some of that to allow us to you know, proceed on the steps to do that. And then and recognize that, you know, you're not alone in this process too. Um, help uh, of others, whether it's through a grief support group or family or, or whatever it might be, is also very important because um, when I lost Carolyn there, you know, I was just wandering around there and I, for some reason, talked to this man and he says, yeah, I lost my wife to breast cancer, you know, 10 years ago. He says, I, I, I know what you're going through. And, ooh. Oh, I get it. I'm sitting here with my eyes filled with tears. Uh, and I've not, I've not known the love of a soulmate, only parents, grandparents, and pets. So. Well, when he said that, I was... I was Forgive me for getting kind of emotionally caught no, up. No, no, no forgiveness necessary. You're human, my friend. But uh, it was something 
you know, I said that he just like validated what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, boom, the, the clouds parted, the sun shined on me uh, during this long night of grief. And it allowed me then to start moving forward towards eventual healing of it. So, you know, and, and to be open and receptive to who can help you with this because uh, the old saying is God works in strange and mysterious ways. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it it can come there and be the, the thing that you need to change and then be able to finally heal that loss. Yeah. I just recently, two weeks ago, started a Facebook group and I thought, well, why not? You know, like-minded people who want to talk and... um if anybody's on Facebook, you can type in We Don't Die listeners to find it. But the reason I'm sharing it is because I think as human beings, we can feel very, very alone in our grief. And what's been showing up in some of the conversations is people saying, you know, I've lost my child or this is my experience and really being generous and having a fear of sharing, but then being vulnerable and putting it out there and then having other people say, I've been there. You know, and just seeing these, and even though it's not on the telephone or face to face, just to have people say that I've been there and these are some of the things I did and I'm here if you want to talk and, 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 you know, there is light at the other side of this, you know, may not feel it right now, but so important that you feel that you're not alone. Yeah. So important. Absolutely. Yeah. A very key component of the healing process. Yeah. Is there another component you can give us? And then I want to ask you another question. Okay. Um, ooh, just kind of like pick That's one. Right. I, I put you on the spot. <laughs> um, it comes out of self-care. When you're going through this process, the stress from the grief can be overwhelming and I emphasize this with with you know in my book about you know being kind and gentle to yourself take care of yourself get out into nature it's one of the best things to help you to you know clear your mind and uh, refocus so that the grief won't be so overwhelming Um, diet exercise and Recently, uh, hydration. Water is very important because it is a natural detoxifier. We are spewing out all kinds of toxins during this particular process, so we need to flush it out of our system. And if we don't get enough water, you know, it's going to inhibit the process and it's going to make it even worse. So I would say you know, the self-care of Diet, you know, exercise and hydration are, are real key components just on, a, you know, that physical level because it affects mind, body, uh, heart, and soul in, in that. Because all you have to do is go back to eating, a, you know, a junk food diet. I'll tell you, you'll go down, you'll be in the throes of grief real deeply, and then you've got to extract yourself back up, and that makes it only harder. You mentioned water, Robert. I and know that there's been studies done that the tears that we shed during grief are of different makeup, chemical makeup than our normal tears. So there is something being released. I mean, it is different. And so the, the hydration, uh, yes. And even when you mentioned uh, the acceptance step and, and now being open and being willing uh, because I've had, 180 plus hours of interviewing people about the afterlife uh, in all kinds of uh, ways. Uh, it's really interesting that one of the first steps in people um, contacting their loved ones, or, you know, we believe we have angels and spirit guides and things around. But the thing is, is we have to be willing to ask for help, ask for support, uh, let people know we need it we're ready so both people that are visible and invisible when we set that intention when we can say a prayer over it and whether or not you believe in any of this try it 
you know, act as if, you know, they always say put a smile on your face for 30 seconds and you'll feel better. It's the same thing. Uh, say a prayer, talk to your loved ones, and it, it is amazing what happens if you're willing mm-hmm. to look. So, and, and they hear you. Yeah, they, they do hear you. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm passionate about helping people through grief and helping people know that their loved ones are with them. And, and then ultimately, this is the, the question I wanted to ask you, because uh, I feel very strongly that once you um, believe in the hereafter and uh, you can see, I mean, uh, grief can crack us open. You know, but there's there's a new you, there's a, a new life that can emerge. And uh, I, I'm out for us to each have a great life, each one of us to really, you know, if we don't die, our life must be for a reason of some sort and um, to really playful out and, and use it while we have it. Because there's a reason we're here. But maybe you could just shed some words on uh, the new you. You had said that you had studied uh, shamanism and, and you had some beliefs um, regarding this emergence of a new you. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my dad passed away in November of 88 and that was a, a very hard death for me to handle. Um, you know, he and I were, he got me into golfing um, because I got excited about it and he gave me a Ben Hogan's book on the five fundamentals of golf and then I, you know, went through that and he, we were golfing partners too for a while um, until his, you know, health was uh, starting to fail and he wasn't able to do that. But when he passed away there, it, uh, you know, just knocked me uh, on my derriere, <laughs> and it was like, okay, what's going to happen now? Right. And I was in a relationship with this woman, um, same difference uh, age-wise as my parents was 14 years. So it allowed me to start to take a look at myself and say, you know, you need to make changes. I don't know what the changes are. But she had gone through a recovery program for addictive relationships, codependency. And after, you know, some, seeing my parents, or I seeing my family at Christmas time, I realized, you know, this isn't working for me and I've got to make changes in myself, not change them, which was a big shift because I was the type of a rescuer type of person. You know, I will save you, you know, but I won't save myself yet. Um, and then I went through that program, and it uh, it was a very powerful program because I was able to finally address these dysfunctional behaviors and release them and then move forward with that. So, um, I got well, to go back a little bit. When my wife passed away the year afterwards, all of a sudden, um, I had... Well, I had on the day before the one-year anniversary of her passing, for some reason I did some journaling about her last 24 hours of her life. You know, and I, I wrote profusely there, tears coming down my face, and I thought, well, it's, it was real hard to do that, but I woke up the next day feeling better. But two weeks later, I woke up one morning, and my neck on the left side was stiff. I mean, it, it felt like a, it had a rebar in there. I could not turn to the left side. And I tell you, when you're driving your car, and you got to look in that rear view mirror over there, I had to shift my body. I, that's how stiff it was. Wow. Went to the chiropractor, he fixed me up, and somebody suggested to me this osteopathic process called craniosacral therapy. I got relief on that. And, and someone said, I know a lady that does Reiki. And I go, oh, what's that? They explained to me what it was. I made the appointment. And uh, eventually she became my Reiki master teacher, and she you know, gave me the attunements to, for me to grow in Reiki work also. But it was, she spent, 
she told me two hours on the table there with me and really worked to help me to release all, all the pain and sorrow and, and that I was carrying, you know, not only that last year, but in, you know, before that. Sure. So then I, uh, well, after going through the program, uh, going through that, it was five years later then uh, in 1990 that I decided it's time for me to, um, you know, do something about myself spiritually. And I, and I went through, the, it's now called the Mankind Project, but at that time it was the New Warrior Project. It was a weekend uh, of work by men for men to help them, you know, move into uh, to manhood. And this is something that the indigenous people of the earth have been doing for who knows how long. Long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went through that, and then... Um, then I, the next month I had a past life regression, and that opened me up to the shamanic practice. And then the next month was Reiki 1. So I had three months in a row there of very profound you know, spiritual experiences, and they got me on the path. And then it was me studying uh, Native American spirituality, and then every book that I could find virtually about shamanism, uh, whether it was, uh, I remember reading one on Native American spirituality, in fact, the, the first book I read was The Way of the Shaman by Dr. Michael Harner, who founded the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, uh, which is, you know, going on today. And it was about, you know, the Native American and the, I think, South American Indians there who were, you know, studying with the shamans over there and what they did, explaining the process. So I got more interested in it. And I was reading one of Siberian Mongolian, and I've read about... Um, South American shamans, uh, the, um, if I get the name right, uh, Inca, well, the Incas and the Mayans and L-A-I-T-A, Laika. I wouldn't and, know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so, no test for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and then I continued, you know, with anything that came out, and then I started to do the, the journeys that the shaman does. And um, I got into doing... Uh, power animal retrievals and soul retrievals, and finding that this was a good uh, tool to use with my Reiki work too, and helping other people, you know, through their grief events. Before I realized that I was able to help people through grief events, and um, but it was something there that uh, I found was something that resonated with me, and that this is something that I—it's a path and a commitment to live a particular lifestyle because the shaman in the indigenous tribes was the, the healer, the uh, medicine person, the, uh, the weather person, um, whatever. They, they were, the tribes relied on the shaman, and it could be either male or female, um, to guide them you know, in life's uh, journey. Um, they were the teachers there. They would teach spiritual principles to, you know, the members of the tribe. You know, they preside over weddings and funerals and do, it was doing so many different things. Now, you know, it's evolved into, you know, people now who are practicing the shamanism, it might vary with what they're doing in there, but uh, this is something there that I've incorporated their principles and um, in fact, this one particular book is called The Power Path by Dr. Jose and Lena Stevens, which uh, they come out and said that we are teaching these principles of shamanism to, you know, businesses and corporations mm. to them to improve, you know, their work performance. So there's things there that I, I was able to use, and, and I applied first to myself. I want to test it out to see if this thing works, and usually it did, and then I would you know, help other people when they would come to me for their coaching or consult, consulting or, or the Reiki work. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of life. It's something there that uh, uh, it can be very useful. Even if you, if you just know a little bit about it, uh, it can help also in improving one's quality of life. It did, was there any uh, thing that you learned or experienced with these tribes or the shamans about the death of something and maybe 
needing death mm-hmm. to begin again or anything along that line? Oh, yes. They deal with the afterlife, definitely. Um, because so, sometimes what they do is they take this, what they call a shamanic journey, and uh, they go to what they call one of the three worlds, the upper, lower, middle, or lower world, and they will sometimes go to meet with the person who has passed over and have conversations and bring it back to the person that they've been working on. And, you know, uh, sometimes they... I've even had messages come through me during sessions from people on the other side, you know, relatives, to assure them that they're doing... uh, the person is doing all right, you know, that's all, they're, they're part of the grieving process, but, uh, and give them some tips there from, you know, that family member to help them ease their, their pain. So, uh, that's pretty great. So yeah. I've, yeah. That's I've, pretty um, great. The one thing I, and I want to share this with you too, uh, about four years ago, I lost my Reiki master teacher. She died suddenly. And, um, it was, it, really knocked me for a loop. I I reeled from that one. Because I've, I've known her since, you know, 1985, and uh, she's, you know, over 30 years, and then all of a sudden, boom, she's out of my life. But uh, as I eventually was able to use my process to heal that, and I remember walking in one time into the house for, we were doing what they call a Reiki share, where Reiki, it was, Reiki healings for the Reiki practitioners that she had started and her husband is continuing. And I saw her picture over there. She spoke to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's okay. It was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't this way. I wasn't reacting this way at the time. She, it was just like a conversation. And, you know, I just felt so much better about that. It was really a uh, more powerful than I realized at the time because it's really hitting me very strongly now. Yeah. You know, our capacity to love is, I think, in direct correlation with the pain we feel. And so part of being human is to learn to really love full out and... uh the amount of grief we feel, as horrible as it feels, you know, <laughs> we when we hurt so bad, we know we have full capacity to love. And I have spoken with so many magnificent people, Robert, who have these stories to share and things they've experienced. And they all start with the same common denominator. Their heart was ripped wide open by grief or loss and put them on a journey to where they are now mm-hmm. you know and everybody's still still traveling you know and our our time is is just about up it goes by so fast uh but i personally want to leave people with um you know if you are in the throes of grief or you're on that journey you know beware of great things to come you know use the use the tools to to move through it and the only way through grief is literally through grief you know we can't stuff it down or else it does resurface and we have to identify it but um, there are tools out there robert let's talk a little bit about your book and where people can find it the one you have currently because i have a sneaky suspicion that in it is what you described today and so much more and even if people are interested in a, a grief coaching session, if that's something mm-hmm. you're willing to do. Uh, let me just underscore what you just said, uh, you know, just a yeah. short time ago there. It was, uh, that's real important. Well, my book is called Grief, The Mind's Final Frontier, Your GPS for Relieving Grief. The GPS, of course, stands for Grief Processing System. Uh, what I, it's, uh, more than 300 pages, 305 pages in it, and I didn't think it would be that long. I didn't know I had, you know... That much in you? Because the word count was, was 65,000. I said, I had 65,000 words in me. <laughs> but um, it was... I decided because it was needed to help people to move out of grief. It, it's, you know, the, the stress produced by the loss is, is very... Overwhelming at times, and it's a heavy burden to carry. 
And since I developed this process, uh, and and I did that uh, really uh, unknowingly, it just kind of happened, like I mentioned earlier, through a Reiki session, and then I tried it on myself and started using it and coaching people. So I, I, in my book, I do is like three basic parts. I give a little introduction about stress and what grief is and how men and women grieve, the differences, and then I, I go in and share my you know, 10 events there that, uh, different things. It was, I mean, I did have multiple job losses, but that was all part of the process. That was part of me moving, you know, into something always greater. Um, but, uh, in dealing then with it, and, and I was sharing my feelings and my emotions, and I expressed it verbally, or well, in writing, I should say, um, and just to show, you know, the, the human side of grieving. And that, you know, you're going to experience these things. And, you know, when I, the, the military loss was so strong in me, I had suppressed such great pain and, and sorrow that when it came out in the, the book there, I mean, the language, uh, you know, is a little um, salty, let's say. Um, but it, uh, it's something there that, you know, I hope you're not offended by it, but it just, you know, it's there. It, you know, I got it out. I needed to release that, and this was the medium for me releasing it. I also give suggestions as to how to deal with, in part two, with the emotions uh, that are some of the more common ones that uh, we as adults will experience, and how to let out anger, for uh, example, in a safe way, um, and to be able to feel safe in expressing these, especially if you're with family or, or, or friends there so who are supporting you and, and to, you know, not be self-conscious that this is okay, this is part of your healing. And then, of course, the last part is the grief processing system. Um, and I, I share that process uh, as to how you can, you know, achieve the peace of mind you've been searching for to achieve the closure you may be searching for, but to end your pain and suffering so that you can move into you know, the peace and harmony <clears throat> and love and joy that you're, you're searching for. So That's wonderful. <clears throat> really good. And you told me that your book came out just this past year on Mother's Day. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very special. <laughs> well, if I can ask you how people get in touch with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. No problem. I can certainly talk till you uh, get your glass of water. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Um, in fact, I'll just let our listeners know that our home base is we don't die radio.com. And there's, well, I don't know, 190 episodes by now of great interviews that make a difference. And uh, you can click on the insiders club and I don't send you any spam emails. Don't worry about that, but you can have a free read of my book. We don't die. And, um, Lots of information there, and also I have an audio that I recorded, 70-minute audio, called How to Survive Grief. Uh, Robert and I both feel very, very passionate uh, about helping people through grief and giving life again, and which is so, so important. Uh, so, Robert, how do people get in touch with you? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My website is... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, Orion, O-R-I-O-N, C-O-N-L-T, C-O-N Consulting, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G, L-L-C dot net. Orion Consulting, L-L-C dot net. Did I get that right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So, you've explained... Hmm, lost my voice there. That's all right. We've, we've given it a workout this past hour. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's all that true. air conditioning. That's what my grandmother would say. <laughs> well, we had we got some hot weather up here. Oh, I know. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, the website will explain more about me, what I do. Uh, you know, you can contact me. You know. At this particular time, I, you through email or my phone number, and if you would be interested in a coaching session, session or you know assessment, I, 
you know, just give me a call. We'll set up a time. I will be putting in a calendar so we can do that uh, very shortly too. make it easier. Wow. Well, I thank you very much for your time, your inspiration, your wisdom, you so authentically and vulnerably sharing your journey with us. And uh, really, truly, I, I appreciate your words very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on it. That was, uh, I really feel honored and you know, blessed and grateful to be on your show. And I know you're doing fabulous work yourself. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best in continuing that. And um, thank you for being patient with my voice loss there. Too. That's all right. No problem at all. Uh, I, I do know that people need people. And you and I and just so many of us, we really come from a good place. When we have the intention to serve others, it just seems like our life falls into place. Whereas if you have the intention to just... I don't know, get famous, make money, have a big ego, not so much. So really uh, look to see everybody in our own lives, what gives us the most passion and where we can make a difference. And it's really interesting how the right people come into our path and you seem to be taken on a journey, the one that neither one of us, you or I, could believe that we are where we are right now and doing what we're doing. So Correct. Anyways, in closing, uh, a reminder, just uh, if you want to be part of our group on Facebook, just type in We Don't Die Listeners, and we're happy to have you. And just to share, really share whatever is there for you. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio, and I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. So I really want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. <music> 